Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The key to winning big is using every little bit of knowledge to your advantage. At Odds Checker, we give you the edge. Better odds, better picks, and better offers to make you a better better. Why settle for less? Quickly compare the odds at every sportsbook to ensure that you're getting the best price to maximize your return. Visit us at www.oddschecker.com backslash US. Odds Checker. Sports betting smarter. Anti Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Anti Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AntiUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Anti Up, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's March 27th, 2020. You're listening to the best PokerCast that's still surviving. I'm Chris Casenza. <laughs> and I'm Scott Long. This is a uh, message to the Anti-Up Nation. I'm speaking directly to them. Um, <clears throat> this is going to be a very short show or a very one-sided show because I'm not talking to Scott Long. <laughs> He's cheating on me, apparently. Um, I didn't know this. Uh, it came to my attention a few days ago. Apparently, uh, he has joined forces with someone else and is doing a show without me somewhere. In my defense, she's way cuter than you are. <laughs> I'm not talking to Scott Long. Um, <laughs> even though he's making comments that are making me laugh, I'm just going to continue to talk to the Antioch Nation only. So, good luck with that. No, it's a great thing you're doing there, buddy. It's called Mega Scott. That's a cute name. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, um, we had a friend that was doing a trivia at one of our local watering holes, and... Um, but she was doing trivia with a twist, so it was a lot of trivia questions, but then she'd mix in like what, what, what she called these physical challenges. So it'd be like, peg the keg was my favorite. We'd take a keg outside and hit, throw a football across the street and peg it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it kind of like, uh, it, it helped if you weren't if you were a brainiac like I am, but you were brawny like you are. <laughs> <laughs> it equalized it, right? So it made it more acceptable. So, uh, so the, anyhow, that friend ended up... Um, uh, going to law school and then she needed to study for the bar exam so she had to step down so uh, my friend megan and i offered to step in and do it for her um and so that's we combined our names and became mega scott and then then we essentially just took it all over so <laughs> we were doing that for a while don't do it anymore but uh, now in this crisis you know uh she's one of my better friends and uh, we started chatting about what we could do to help folks and so we created a little uh, safety harbor strong facebook group in her City and our city's not very big, but we're up to seventeen hundred members now, and people are sharing wow. updating things and news and stuff like that. But we also, I mean, uh, as I'm sure everybody listening to the show knows now, we're all isolated now, right? Right. Which sucks. Um, so we we decided uh, we would do a uh, semi-regular Facebook Live uh, talk show, um, and because she's prettier than you, it, it's actually video. So um, uh, that's why. So- Sorry. All right, well, I can forgive that then because it's it's a different uh, medium, you know. Yes. It's, it's it's video rather than we don't we don't even mention poker. Uh, it's video. She's cuter than you are. I'll, it's nothing at all. Like <laughs> I almost started a show back in the day with uh, one of my buddies. His last name was McEwen, and my last name was Casenza. So we took the first part of my last name and the last part of his name. We're gonna, we were going to be called Cosmic. <laughs> oh, I like it. See? And then we were going to do this show. I'm not going to say what it's about. It doesn't matter. But it was, <laughs> it was pretty funny. We're, he's gonna be, I was going to say, I'm Cos. And he's going to say, I'm Mick. And we're Cosmic. 
Exactly, the Wonder Twins. Exactly. Activate. Form of a boring online show. All right, let's get into the show. Yeah, absolutely. But I hope everybody out there is uh, staying safe and finding uh, stuff to distract you from. So yeah. uh, lots, uh, lots of people are jumping in and doing uh, live stuff and probably more podcasts and stuff. I mean, anything to keep our minds off what's going on out there. And in fact, we can't socialize. So that's our job here. So unfortunately, most of our <laughs> show today is coronavirus again. Yeah. Uh, but not all of it, right? Not all of it. Not all of it. So, uh, all right, so let's start off. Uh, the American Gaming Association is estimating U.S. casinos will lose $21.3 billion if they are forced to close for eight weeks, as well as up to $59 billion in lost wages, with state budgets that depend on gambling revenue taking a huge hit. The Economic Policy Institute is estimating Nevada alone will lose 67,000 gaming jobs. Meanwhile, with all major sports shut down and definitely online sports books have shifted to taking bets on everything from NASCAR's iRacing to sports such as marble racing. It's a real thing, folks. Uh, and soccer in countries that haven't yet shut down sports. I love marble racing. Who doesn't love marble oh, racing? Oh, man. It's unbelievable. You think, okay, well, clearly if that one's in the lead, how could it not be in the lead at the end now because they're all equal? But no. No, I've watched it long before. I didn't even know about this is on the end of the, the file here. I I watched it on video long before that. Somehow it gets into your YouTube feed or something, and you just yeah, you're like, yeah, what the hell is yeah. that? And then you click it. Yeah. They go underwater and shit. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh man. Um, it, it, well, we'll start with that stuff because it's more fun before we get to the dreary stuff that we had mentioned at the beginning of it. But. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're actually. It, it's funny when you start to think about this. Um, I don't always think these things all the way through. I mean, obviously, I'm very disappointed that uh, it was supposed to be opening day for baseball. Yeah, didn't get any more. I got one spring training game in this year, and that was it. Um, not a big basketball or hockey fan, but obviously, it's nice to be able to, you know, especially in our town because the Lightning are so good. It's always nice to see the this area come together over a, a hockey team, right? Yeah. So. So definitely depressed, uh, and, uh, and then of course then I couldn't do my brackets, so I can come, you know, brag about uh, picking North Carolina tobacco and agriculture <laughs> to upset uh, Illinois. But uh, but then I, you know I because we're not in a state that allows sports wagering here, it, it's still distant from me unless I travel to like Vegas, right? Then you get all excited about putting money down in a game. Yeah, but. So it it, it, it it took me a while to, uh, for me to realize, oh my gosh, what are the sports books doing? There's nothing, yeah. nothing to gamble on, uh, and I should have known they would find something to gamble on. So, uh, uh, marble racing is fantastic. But even before that, I like you know Belarus, you know one of the uh, former Russian countries, yeah, they yeah, shut down soccer. They're still playing soccer. Um, and then they mentioned in this article that uh, where I got this from that uh, Myanmar. Uh, is still having their premier soccer league going on because you know if you're in the Asian country you've got nothing to worry about with coronavirus, <laughs> right? So, oh, man. Um, so yeah, so but man, can you imagine you're a hardcore sports wagerer and then now you are trying to get the inside dirt on how the goalie in Myanmar <laughs> is feeling tonight? <laughs> I, I think that they would. If you really need to gamble, you just find someone who's just like you. And then you watch live feeds or something, and then you bet on stuff that's going on on that camera. You know, You're like uh, reminds me of when um, like Kramer and the Seinfeld. Yeah, right? exactly. Like there are the the the, the flights, which one was yeah. going to land first or whatever, and then or or Brunson when he would sit in front of the elevators with somebody at the World Series, and they would be like, "All right, this is going to be the one that opens next," and they'd bet, yeah. you know, incredible <laughs> amounts of money. So I, I'm sure if you if that's all you want to do, you'll find ways. You know, it's kind of like the the line from Jurassic Park: "Life finds a way, gambling finds a way." I think so. it does. It does. And if you are a viewer of the Mega Scott uh, Safety Harbor Strong Talk Show, we did uh, the Safety Harbor Derby on the last show where we had little um, uh, wooden animals running around <laughs> our course. So, and of course, people in the chat box were like, "We got to get some money in on this somehow." So. <laughs> The generous will find a way. You're right. Yeah, so. yep. the generous know how to do it. <laughs> uh, now, the rest of it is super sad. I mean, obviously, we're in the middle. Of, uh, you know, we, we, we've seen this big $2.1 trillion um, economic uh, thing that I think might get approved. Every time I, I hear it's approved, then I hear that it's not approved. So who knows? Oh, overnight, I thought uh, it got approved. Did, not, did it uh, not? 
Yeah, it seems like every day, I mean, every minute it changes. So uh, I don't know. I hope it is, but um, I think it is. I need my I need my twelve hundred hour socialist check as Andy up is uh, limping along here. But <laughs> um, uh, obviously, part of that is uh, money to help uh, not just small businesses like ours, but uh, big industries that have taken a big hit. Uh, and uh, airlines definitely at the top of the, that list because you know they're integral to everything. But a lot of other things. But I did not see mentioned in that the gambling industry. <laughs> And so this is what's interesting because um, uh, also the the cruise line industry has asked for a big bailout. <clears throat> um, you know, both of our uh, upcoming cruises were, have been canceled, and um, uh, I saw the other day Royal Caribbean drew down a two billion dollar credit line. You know, uh, maybe maybe you and I should talk about drawing down our two billion credit line <laughs> at some point to get through this. But uh, but anyhow, so I mean, obviously they're struggling, but. Uh, but what's interesting about that is one, uh, they're U.S. companies, but their ships are all flagged in Bahamas or other countries so they can pay their workers crap, right? So, um, so there's this big backlash over whether that's an industry um, that doesn't really pay taxes that she get bailed out, yeah, um, or is cruising even an essential business? Um, and hey, we we make a, a a decent chunk of money off of it. So, um, but even I will admit it's not essential, right? right? Airlines a little bit different. So that's the same thing. I wonder if those discussions are going to happen with the gambling industry because I could see a lot of people saying, "Hey, that this industry is not vital or essential in any way," right? But then you look at the number of jobs. Yeah, the that, people it employs. Yeah that so i mean when do you say that it's not essential i mean the activity might not be essential but the fact that it is uh, generating enough money to employ this many people and as this article mentioned um augment um state budgets so i don't know let me uh interject here I, i got an email this morning from the aga it said, uh, and this is the news release from the American Gaming Association CEO Bill Miller released the following statement on the U.S. Senate's passage of the CARES Act. Okay. He said the American Gaming Association applauds the bipartisan, bipartisan action taken by the U.S. Senate on the CARES Act, which will bring meaningful relief to employees, employers, and tribal governments during this unprecedented public health crisis. And then the next step, uh, quote was, the bipartisan Senate bill is an important step to preserve the gaming industry's ability to continue to serve as a valuable job creator and community partner. We urge the House to move swiftly. So apparently it's, something's in there is helping them in the Senate's portion uh, that they passed, and now they just need the House to do it. So Yeah, well, they didn't, uh, they didn't get too specific on the industries, but the, the way they did it is uh, there's going to be, a, I believe, an inspector general and a five-person committee that kind of decides where that money gets yeah. sent. So. Uh, I don't think anything is. I, I think they were specific on the airlines, but I don't think they're specific on too many other industries. So it'll really become up to those six super powerful people to how to decide where that money goes and yeah. how much. Yeah, all and those they, jobs. They mentioned, you know, it's a lot of money, but it's going to run out quickly. Yeah, so, it is. You know, we'll see what happens, but um, that that is what's going to be really difficult. And part of the reason I <clears throat> I'm trying to avoid Facebook too much right now because. You know, everybody's an expert on Facebook to begin with. Now everybody's like a Harvard professor on this thing right now. Yeah. And, um, and but but there are different uh, layers of the onion here, right? So, um, you know, if, if if you're an industry that that's creating a lot of jobs, um, then regardless of what you're doing, that might be something that needs help. So, um, I don't. Know. But anyhow, I feel feel obviously terrible for for everybody that's that's out of work over this, and then hope we get through it quickly and get them back to work. But uh, it's it's going to look different, folks. Yeah. When you get back. Yeah. Really is. All right. Amid the uh, coronavirus outbreak, Poker Star Sunday Millions tournament this past weekend set a record with ninety three thousand sixteen entries among more than sixty thousand players, and a prize pool in the two hundred fifteen dollar tournament of eighteen point six million dollars. In a deal, a player with the screen name AAA Arthur <laughs> earned the most money, $1,192,802 for a $250 buy-in. Wow. Uh, previous record for entries had been 62116 set in 2011. So uh, 
Uh, here, here's proof. You know, Daniel Grano was saying, hey, make online poker uh, legal so we can all play because we're all stuck at home. And here's proof that people are stuck at home and playing. Yep, absolutely. And, and yet, this is poker stars. So this isn't even U.S. players. This is world players. Right, absolutely. I wonder if that winner is the guy from Peaky Blinders. You ever watch Peaky Blinders, Scott? Oh, no. Oh, man, you, you are like missing out. You are yeah. missing out because I know you're like a mafia guy, and this is kind of like mafia, but it's it's not, but it is kind of. And it's really good, really good. And one of the guys' names is Arthur, but the brother, when he calls him Arthur, he goes, Arthur, like that. So I wonder <laughs> if that's this guy. Um, and since it's, you know, in London, that's basically uh, where he is. So um, I, I think this is great. I think it, it absolutely does prove uh, that there's no reason to not have online poker regulated everywhere. And uh, you would you would get the benefit of that because – Somebody got that rake, and somebody's paying taxes on it. And why shouldn't we be getting that money too? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, wow. Can you imagine? I mean, geez, ninety-three entries and sixty thousand players. So not everybody like it wasn't like ten thousand right. people like firing a bunch of bullets, right? right. So, so literally sixty thousand people in one tournament around the world. That's that's pretty incredible. And uh, I would imagine those records are going to keep getting broken um, as this continues. Because as of now, this is. Way worse in Europe than it is in the U.S., although I'm sure we'll catch up here pretty soon. But uh, Guy turned 215 bucks into 1.1 million, almost 1.2. Yeah. Hey, yep. that, that's, that's not a bad economic stimulus package right there. <laughs> wow. We're starting that opportunity. Um, uh, oh, well, yeah, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But, yeah, uh, okay, so um, the next item, a group of Los Angeles players, some of whom played in Molly's game, have found a way to keep the camaraderie of their Sunday night poker game going while practicing social distancing. They are playing on non-gambling sites while all video conferencing on Zoom to keep up the sort of in-person feel of the game, and then they settle on Venmo at the end of the night. Now, we have our listener spotlight coming up asking about some stuff like this, so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that then. But uh, I did my first Zoom meeting this week mm. uh, for the Library Foundation I'm on, and, and Zoom is really cool. I mean, I know people that are in the working world use Zoom all the time, but, uh, you know... We don't like to look at each other, so, you know. <laughs> hey, let me ask you, is it only video for Zoom, though, or is there an audible option only audio, I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can you can choose not to be uh, visible if you want, okay. but I don't really know why you'd want to do that, because the whole idea is that they, 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 or they get together on Sunday night and bust on each other, right? So. No, I know. The reason I'm, I'm saying it for, like, you're talking about for business, because uh, oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have a couple of boards that I sit on now, and then we... The Google Hangouts is going away soon, and all this other crap. And I'm just oh, yeah, definitely go with Zoom then. Zoom is yeah. much right. Zoom Zoom is much better than anything I've ever used before. Cool. So. And and the cool thing too is you can uh, I wasn't able to figure it out on my first one, but you can you can pick your own background too. So <laughs> people in space or people in Rome or <laughs> uh, or whatever, and you can upload your own photo too. So it, it it's really really cool. Um, it has a chat box, and you can mute and all that kind of stuff. So is it free or does it cost money? Out. But uh, but yeah, you know, for for poker games, I mean, it, it really is a, a good way. I mean, we also did. Um, I'll throw out another thing. Uh, we're actually kind of really ruining our listener spotlight now. <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things that we discovered during um, our Safety Harbor Strong Talk show uh, is this new app called uh, House Party. And it may be not new, but you know, it's some of like these apps that become really popular in the times of need, right? So. Yeah. But it's called House Party, and uh, literally, it, it's, it's a video conferencing social thing. So you can, you know, you and I could have a, a chat if you want, but then people can see, hey, Chris and Scott are chatting, and then they can jump in. And and my nephew told me you can do a max of eleven. We haven't got up to eleven yet. I'm still hoping we get up to nine because I want to do the Brady Bunch thing. Because <laughs> every time you come on, it moves the moves your pictures around. To fit in your screen. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I haven't got that high yet, but apparently it goes up to eleven according to my nephew. Um. um but uh, but they also have built-in games, so you can play like that heads-up game if you've anybody's ever played that. Um, they've got like an apples to apples knockoff. They've got a uh, Pictionary kind of knockoff drawing kind of game. Um, so it, it's actually been really really helpful for extroverts like me right now because I'm hanging out a couple times every night with uh, all the people I'd usually be hanging out at the bars, and we're sitting at our own homes. <laughs> But talking about the same stuff we would have been at bars and drinking and, and having a good time. So for poker, it, it could be the same way. And I mean, obviously, you can't unfortunately play on that because, you know, I mean, I guess you could come up with some kind of crazy game where you all have a deck and you end up with the same card somehow. But 
but yeah, so if you're able to do on some kind of other gambling site um, or non-gambling site, some kind of any kind of poker site where you could play, it, it would fill in that gap of um, not uh, not seeing each other and having the you know busting on each other and jokes and all that kind of stuff. So it also removes the danger of having someone like Lance like you know slice your forehead open with a throw of a card from exactly. He'd have to throw it really really far. Yeah. <laughs> so this works out really well. <laughs> Hey, I, I don't think you heard me. Is the Zoom thing free? Uh, that's that I don't know. I didn't pay to join in, but I don't. I don't. I, I imagine it's like most things where it's got like a free, free option, and then free option, yeah. and then if you want the the bells and whistles, you have to pay. But I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'll look into it. But yeah, definitely check it out. It. Uh, I, I was a believer right away. Um, cool. Although everybody told me I should have been a believer because literally everybody uses it <laughs> except for me i never heard of it until this no, outbreak except for you. now i feel better <laughs> I, I was believe me i came to this party after you so you feel good about that uh but de- definitely after having that meeting on tuesday then i read this article yesterday and i'm like that that's really perfect because because again you know home games are different uh depending on where you are some some are you know people don't really know each other that well so you're there more for the poker this particular game that the LA Times wrote about the uh, it's more just buddies getting together and poker is almost a secondary thing and poker is the thing that gets them together right but yeah. and if that's the case then you want to keep up the uh, the social um, interaction and it's a very good way of doing it so so check out that and check out House Party all right British uh, Poker Club Eltham Terrace has taken some heat for a video produced before closing for the coronavirus of players playing a game of poker using toilet paper rolls as chips. Video went viral, and while it received more positive comments than negative uh, comments, the club admitted it was naive in filming it. Now, so I saw this, uh, you know, people uh, sent me, like, screen captures, um, and I didn't think it was a real thing. I thought somebody just kind of, like, you know, because you're getting all these memes now, right? Right. Um, And uh, I'm like, all right, okay, that's kind of funny. Of course, you know, a lot of my friends that aren't in the poker world but know what I am, you know, I got thousands of them (laughs) sent it to me. I'm like, all right, so, okay, all right, it's a little funny. You're you're the 14th person, thank you. <laughs> um, but apparently it was a real thing. They actually did this video where they were playing and betting with the um, uh, toilet paper. And um, but then you know, like everything else, when when stuff gets super serious, the uh, negative Nancys come out that would work and start slamming you for having a little fun with it. So I kind of feel bad for him on that. Because... Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of it's uh, people are just you know over the top right now because there a lot of them are fearful. A lot of them are just looking for a fight. Um, you know, it, I don't know. It, I, it, it was just in at the time in good fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's you know toilet paper. People are still freaking out about it. They're like, the toilet paper's not going anywhere. You know, and here's the most amazing thing to me is I thought it was just us crazy Americans that were ridiculous over the toilet paper, but this was in Britain. So yeah, right, exactly. This is a worldwide phenomenon where everybody thinks that coronavirus is going to eat all your toilet paper. I don't get it. I still I don't get it even here, but then you know that's a that's a, like once I wrap my head around this uh, type in the show notes up here, say I'm like wait a minute, <laughs> they're fighting over toilet paper in other countries too. <laughs> I don't get it, but uh, give them a break. Idiots, but give them a break. Um, but it is kind of funny to see a lot of the uh, you know people coming up with jokes now about how toilet paper is becoming currency. You know, uh, I don't know if you saw the the Scarface meme when he has no. Oh, he's got a big style instead of the Coke. Yeah, instead it's, of money, it's all about <laughs> rolls of toilet paper. I want to see them shuffle the rolls of toilet paper somehow. I, that would have been kind of cool. <laughs> you know, what really ruined that video for me was the guy said, uh, I'll see your two rolls and raise you for me. Oh, That's man. not realistic. Come on. That, right? Well, whenever a camera's on you and you're making a movie, that apparently is, you know, prerequisite, so... <laughs> oh man! So no, but in all seriousness, I, I don't know. Our listeners are probably like the rest of the world on uh, completely all over the spectrum on this. Uh, I will say, from 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 for me, uh, humor is my defense mechanism. It always has been my entire life. So if I'm sad or stressed or angry, um, I look for humor to kind of pull me out of it. I uh, know not everybody else is like that. So it, it, we are in this really tough world now where. There are a lot of people that do find humor as their escape mechanism and others that don't. And, you know, you're right. People are on edge. So we're all a little scared and and upset and and we're alone. (laughs) And 
so we're acting out in different ways and it makes it a little bit more difficult so you know when you when you i mean i made a joke yesterday in a group chat with folks and then someone got really upset because hey everybody should be staying home and i'm like well hold on i'm just kidding and you're like i know but it's serious I'm like oh jeez, <laughs> like, come on please yeah let's all get through this together in different ways so yeah yeah so anyhow if you're from the eltham terrace uh, group that that did that video uh i will say i appreciate it even if other people did so all right, now you added this on the item. I like it a lot. So uh, a woman named Julie Matlin, writing in the Washington Post, says she is having some doubts about teaching her 14-year-old son how to play poker uh, as she has watched him become very good at it. The final straw for her was when, after he had just had he held a just-for-fun game with his friends, he came in and told his mother all of his friends' tells. <laughs> uh, she is afraid he's taking be too young of an age. In the column, she detailed much of the advice researchers into youth gambling gave her, including make sure she explains what risk means, making winning money secondary to the game itself, and being vigilant about looking for any trouble signs. Uh, so I, I guess we should be happy that there's poker content out there that's not coronavirus right. Uh, related, right? But uh, it was an interesting read, I think. Yeah, I mean, it get, a lot of the – whenever I see something like this, it always reminds me of the column I wrote for the magazine, and we, we ran it. Uh, when I was teaching my granddaughter at a very young age how to play Raz and uh, why it's okay to have kids learn how to play poker for the skills of it. And uh, this one kind of, I don't know, when I first started reading it, I just, all I felt was that she was just jealous of her kid. So I, I was kind of, I was kind of <laughs> like, you know, they, they, let, let's, let's put it this way. If your kid was 14 years old and was the greatest tennis player on the planet, would you stop him from playing tennis? No. Why? Because you think that mo playing poker for money is different than playing in tournaments for money uh, in tennis. And so it's like, okay, well, can he play golf for money? Of course he can at 14. And there's a lot of 14-year-olds who are better than their entire country club they're joined. And so to me, when I look at it like this, they there's just some, what's the word, naivete here, I think, on some of this. And I think, uh, you know, the kid clearly has... Um, uh, an incredible ability to play this game, and I think that she doesn't understand the game enough to to or appreciate she understands it. it too much. Yeah, or that. But I mean, you know, even so, if you're worried about him losing money, I mean, then you control his bankroll you, or whatever whatever it is you want to teach him. While, but don't stifle it at this age when he's a sponge and can just become a savant at the game. You know, if the kid's going to be that good at it, and he loves it, and he enjoys it, and he's staying out of trouble, one of the things in the thing in the column too was she said, once they were playing together with his friends, you know, they were at least because they were acting like teenagers and having fun, they weren't really taking it that seriously. Of course, then later on, she's like, then I was scared because then he came in and told me about all this. <laughs> he was taking it. Yeah, he was taking it seriously, but still, I mean, oh my goodness, the kid's got a, you know, a shot at at doing something well in life, and he enjoys what he's doing. And you're stifling it because you think he's going to, what, become a alco an alcoholic, you know, like it's it, you have a sip of wine and that's it. Now the kid liked the taste of it. Now, oh, you can't touch wine again the rest of your life because, you know, just being ridiculous. He's only a few years away from being able to do it without her consent anyway. Scary to me, the way people think. Well, again, I'm not a parent, so uh, it's always tough for me to get in involved in these kind of – or put myself in those shoes because – you know, as much as I'm friends with uh, with folks that have kids and listen to their stories and uh, kind of feel like I'm a part of raising them in some way, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not the same as being a parent, right? So um, I, I think the, the general concern is just wanting to protect your kids from getting – going down the wrong path, right? So I think that's really – that the feeling I got from reading it was – just as a little bit of worry. It wasn't too much of worry, but a little bit of worry that um, it was fun to kind of teach him how to play and uh, all the stuff that, you know, you wrote about in your column about math and all that kind of stuff that it's super helpful, right? Mm. But then to see him actually get better at it than she was and then getting into tells um, and then really realizing, hey, this isn't just a kind of a fun activity for him now. This is becoming something more. And... Um, you know, a little bit different than the tennis scenario. I mean, at, at some point, you know, he will be risking money at this and find out that he's not as good as he really is. Because all of us, at some point in poker, realize we're not as good as we think we are, right? Yeah. 
and and part of what the um, uh, I, what I liked about the column is it was a lot of advice from these uh, researchers, um, and it wasn't all um, uh, demeaning. I didn't think. I think it was you know hey you know this is good for the kid as long as you have these parameters right. So uh, I'm sure she could have found some researchers that would have been exactly uh, completely different right um, and judgy. Um, but, uh, but they're right. They're like, you know, Hey, you're at this age, you, you, you're learning a lot, uh, quicker, as you mentioned, you're a sponge, right? Uh, but you're also not old enough to understand the negatives of the things you do. And I really started to think back, um, again, had nothing to do yesterday, stuck at home. Right. 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 So I spent a lot of time really thinking about this and, you know, reading that I was, I, I looked back when I was a kid and, you know, how true that really was, right? We, I, I was always a good kid. You know, I didn't smoke or drink or doing that drugs or any of that kind of stuff. Um, so the extent that I got in trouble was almost laughable uh, to other kids. <laughs> but uh, but the, what I really thought about is um, when you think about driving, right? It's still scary to me. When I was a kid, I, I, I wish we could have got a driver's license at 14, right? <laughs> I was ready yeah, to go. Sure. So that was like the best day of my life when I got my license at 16. Now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, we're giving cars to 16-year-olds? <laughs> <laughs> They're a danger to society because I look back and I was a danger to society. I thought I was invincible. I think we all thought that, right? Um, so you, we, we weren't the best drivers then because we thought we all had figured out, you know, one month after driver's head. <laughs> Um, and you know, I got in some accidents. I did some other stuff. I mean, I'm actually surprised I lived through some of that stuff. Um, but, um, so I think that's the same thing is what they're mentioning is that you're learning a lot. You're getting really confident, uh, at the same time, you just haven't had that life experience to understand what happens, what, what risk really means. Right. So, um, so I felt for, um, but well, a couple of things. I, I felt like it was a little. I felt like she went a little over the top with it. I mean, she overboard maybe. I mean, you have to talk to researchers in youth gambling about your kid playing poker. I mean, give me a break. And then the other thing too is she didn't talk to professional poker players about it. She only talked to researchers who don't really understand the game. All they understand is gambling, and one of the things that a professional poker player would teach her is that it's a skill, and that she should be embracing the skill that this kid can read people and understand math and can compete. You know, I mean, I just felt like she was losing that side of the argument a little bit, but I, I, I can see being a protective parent, and I can understand that, and I agree. I think, I mean, I don't think it's different in tennis or golf. You still have to pay to enter those tournaments, so if you just restricted it to tournament poker. She can restrict how much he loses or whatever, and then he can learn his lesson that way, which is why poker tournaments are always so good, because you can restrict your losses and you can learn from it while you're still getting the skill. So, you know, if you want to enter the the U.S. Open, you have to pay. You want to enter any any tennis or golf tournament, you still have to pay to get into the tournament. So right. the same as these. If she said, okay, we're going to see how good you really are. You're going to let you play in a sit-and-go with my friends. And then uh, that's it. You can only lose the $25 entry fee to that or whatever, but it's going to be your money. You're going to work hard for it to get the money. You're going to mow lawns or whatever it is and, and earn it so that's your money that you're losing. But, you know, he can learn his lessons that way. And if he keeps winning, then she's going to be like, okay, this kid's clearly got a talent for this. I need to embrace it and just be his manager or something. But don't go running to gambling experts <laughs> i mean it just seems over well, the top yeah, to me that might have been an editor telling her uh, you know hey if you want to write this call it can't just be first person you need to get some context in it too so yeah. i'm not going to knock around that but i i know you're i, I know where you're going with it right uh, all right at the end of the day it's you know <clears throat> about uh, raising your kids to make the right decisions and trusting them too and, and being there for them when they inevitably don't because yeah. we all are going to make mistakes you know, growing up, right? So, um, again, like everything else, it comes down to just being a active, uh, involved parent. And if you're an active, involved parent, the the risk of your kid overextending his risk is less. How's that? Yeah, that's is that fair. Enough? Yeah, that's fair. I think she just hated him beating her friends in poker too. But <laughs> hey, any updates? Join the Annie Up Fans group uh, Facebook page and post within the group to get feedback on hands when you're allowed to play them again. Uh, ask call the four questions when the floors are actually allowed to make calls again, and just discuss anything poker. 
Uh, check out our 11 vintage Annie Up logo designs on merchandise at AnnieUpMagazine.com slash shop. And check out T-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, phone and laptop cases, coffee and drink mugs, and more with your choice of Annie Up Magazine, Annie Up PokerCast, or Annie Up Poker Tour logos. And, of course, we love hearing from our fans. So if you have a hand of the week, listener spotlight, or call the floor submission, email us at podcast at com, or post in the Annie Up Fans group on Facebook. We'll put you on the show. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us, and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Call the Floor and Hand of the Week, we send them something cool. This comes from Eric Fowler, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, He says, I've listened to your podcast off and on for years, depending on how frequently I play. You both do a great job, and it's an enjoyable listen. I probably go to a casino three to four times per year, primarily to play tournaments. Obviously, uh, that's off for a little while after the coronavirus shutdown. I live in Ohio where online poker is not legal. Uh, some friends and I were looking for a way to stay socially engaged at times where we're not supposed to be in group gatherings. I'm wondering if you know of any sites slash programs slash software that would enable us to have a private group. It would be ideal to have something where we could uh, adjust settings for chip stacks, game types, but I'll take what I can get. Any guidance would be appreciated. Well, uh, first of all, my first thing that comes to mind is the uh, Poker Stars uh, home game, uh, home game, yeah, okay. uh, um, uh, which you're able to play no matter where you live. Um, you're not playing with real money, but uh, you are using Poker Stars software, which is fantastic, and you can set up your own tournaments. I believe you can set up your own cash games as well, too. Um, and you you have uh, some uh, control over you know game types and things like that. Um, so that's definitely what I, what I recommended. I recommend that to my, my safety Harbor poker club. They, they were trying to get a game together for this Friday. And I'm like, are you guys crazy? <laughs> one, we're not supposed to be together. And two poker is the worst thing you could do right yeah. now. Together. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one of the guys in the group did set up a, a poker stars group for us as well, too. They had a game last night, but I, I was busy, um, binge watching it's always sunny in philadelphia so um but uh and then uh, always remember uh, on the sixes uh the sixth uh, any day date of the month that ends in a six six sixteen and twenty six which would be tonight if you're listening tonight uh if you're listening on thursday right yep is our papes online uh, tournament series uh, run by our ambassador john somsky and that information on how you can join that is in our Annie Up Fans uh, Facebook group. So um, if you want to kind of test drive the PokerStar software, uh, join in with that and have some fun playing. Um, and um, But but that would be the first thing coming to mind. I mean, obviously, there are other ones. Um, you know, I, I think that group we mentioned at the beginning of the show um, found some other place to play. But I think PokerStar is going to be your best bet. Um but then on top of that, though, then, you know, if, if, if you have a two-screen experience in your house, um, then I, I definitely would suggest doing the, uh, the Zoom or the um, uh, house party with it. So so now the, the socializing is a little bit better than, it, than just firing off little chats um, in the chat box. But um, that would be my suggestion. Yeah, no, I agree. And, it, again, there's uh, this, this whole Zoom thing was kind of cool. I like the way they did that. Um, one thing I wanted to say was that he said that uh, online poker is not legal in Ohio, but I mean, it's it's not illegal to play online poker still. We have to always have this kind of discussion, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, just not, not regulated. regulated. So, so I mean, there are websites too that, you know, you, America's Card Room, that kind of stuff where you could play online if you wanted to. Um, you just it's Yeah, I don't know if they do private groups there, but they might. Right, they, private, I don't think yes. they do private groups, but I mean, if you just wanted to get that itch because you can't go to a casino and you want to play for real money and, and whatever, you could still do that online. It's just not regulated there. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, the home games thing was, I mean, I, I'm still a member of that. I just haven't played Papes in a while. Um, and I know it was limited to a certain amount of people, too, so I don't know if we're at a maximum or not. If we are, they can boot me off if they want to get somebody on. I'd rather have someone else from the Indian Nation playing than to leave a spot for me. So, um, but yeah, that's it's a it's a great great tool, and you could that's the thing is you can you could pick any game you want. They have that it's the whole rainbow of games. It's not just like because some of the apps out there only like have just hold them or just have hold them in Omaha. But this, I mean, you could pick any game, deuce to seven, triple draw, and all that stuff. I mean, anything you want, and uh, you know, you just got to get enough play money, uh, which they they give you when you first start anyway on there, and then uh, yeah. you can win play money pretty easily on there. So, um, yeah, that's a great way to do it. I would do that. 
Cool. Uh, uh, we don't have an O'Malley's move this week. Uh, we're going to give him the week off, maybe a couple weeks off. We'll see. Because of that earthquake. Yeah, so we, we don't know what's going on with him. But uh, we're just going to give him a little time off, uh, and then we're just going to go right to the end of the week. One of my favorite comments I've seen on Facebook in this whole crisis was, uh, who had a Utah earthquake in their 2020 uh, bingo card? <laughs> really, of all the crazy stuff going on I here, know. earthquake in Utah. How did that even happen in the middle of the country like yeah. that? It's crazy. Fantastic. All right, it's time for the advancedpokertraining.com hand of the week. Send your hands or situations when you have them <laughs> to podcast at com. If you haven't won something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. Uh, we can always depend on our good friend Vic G to, to prop us up in these desperate times. So um, here we go. He says, as I'm playing in a nine-handed $1, $2 no-limit holding game with a $200 maximum buy-in um, in a Florida poker room. It's not his usual room. Uh, and he says uh, there are a few rules that differ from my uh, local poker room. First, there is a betting line, and any chips crossing that line constitute a bet. Second, any attempted raise for less than a full raise is ruled a call. So, for example, if it's $100 to call and you put $199 across the line, it's just a call. Hmm. The room also has one $2 and $5 chips in play, and these are the ceramic type, well-worn, so the $1 and $2 chips are sometimes difficult to tell apart. There's a $500 high-hand promotion on. For each uh, on for each thirty minutes, and the table is filled with snowbirds and local retirees looking to hit it. Plays very tight with two exceptions. My younger brother is on my right, and a forty-something seated on my left who sits with squiggly four fifty. Uh, the three of us have been active and put pressure on the rest of the table to pick up pots. I've been running good and playing well. I even folded pocket queens pre-flop to my brother when I three-bet his twelve-dollar opening raise to twenty-two dollars, and he re-raised to sixty dollars. I have the table covered. The other gun player puts on the $5 straddle, and you can only imagine how the octogenarian crowd hates this. There are four callers in the field. My brother folds a small blind, and we're in the big blind with a king of spades, jack of diamonds. I'm just writing it down. It's a lot to, he really talks fast. It's a lot to write down. Um, okay, so I don't know. Um, again, it's, it's difficult when we don't know what the straddler would do. Um, if I had some information on how he plays his straddle, I might play this differently. Um, uh, if I remember correctly, Daniel Grano told us it was a trap hand, and it's a rookie hand. I think he called it. He said it's crap. Kojak, yep. yeah, Kojak. But um, at the same time, we've been playing well. We have the table covered, and we know how everybody's playing. We will be out of position if this guy chooses to come along with us. Um, so I don't know. You could you could play in any number of ways. I mean, you could even fold it. I don't think you would fold it. Uh, so I don't know if this guy was someone who was just crazy and raised every straddle no matter what i might just call let him raise and come over the top of him because i feel like that's just free money you know i don't think he i think vic is the type of player that would understand what this guy is capable of and then play accordingly with him so uh, but i'm not supposed to be in that situation i'm supposed to be in my situation with this so for me i would probably make my normal raise see if he calls and then hope i hit my flop or at least a flop comes that I can represent. Okay, uh, so you do remember there are four callers in the field. Yeah, I, I just okay. I, I feel like I think um, I need to narrow the field. If I'm going to be out of position in this hand, I need to make a raise that's going to get these guys out. So if I'm going to play the hand and I'm going to play it for a raise because if this guy's the type of guy that just wrap the table and I'm going to see a flop and be out of position the rest of the way with a trap hand, I at least want to be out of position with one player. So right. I feel like I should raise and make it enough to get him out. So if they those other guys called and it's already twenty in the pot, I mean if I make it like thirty five forty to go, you know maybe I get near, heads up with this guy or at least one other person, um, but I'm going to be out of position no matter who calls me. So I don't know. I mean I, I I can see limping and then hoping I hit it really hard, but then I feel like I'm wasting a king jack here. So I I don't know. It's this interesting hand. Um, yeah, I think uh, limping is probably the weakest play to go here, but. Yeah, I'm probably just going to raise it up to like 35 and then try to get heads up with somebody and outplay them. I mean, he's clearly outplaying this table, so I feel like he can outplay this person or whoever calls him. So let's just play the hand the way we would play it anyway, in regardless of a straddle or being there, and make it what we want to make it. So 35 seems fair. 
Yeah, I think the tough time here is, I mean, it depends how long we've been playing there. Um, he sounds like he has a good read on this. So if we know what the straddler is going to do, it's a different story, or what the other players are going to do. So the one thing I'm concerned about is limpers is, are they limping? Normally, when you limp, you're limping because you want to see a flop cheaply, right? So your hand's not that strong. So if you're raising, then you're forcing those players to either commit money when they're not confident mm-hmm. or fold, uh, which either way is, is usually win for you, right? But in a straddle game, sometimes now you're limping with better hands because you're waiting for that straddler to raise so then you can um, get some more money into the pot and trap. So if that's the case going on here, uh, my King Jack offsuit doesn't look anywhere near as good as it does right now, right? Because the other players might have a big hand is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, right, so exactly. I'm not so much worried about the straddler as I am worried about the other players that are kind of uh, um, hanging out. Now, if they – if if they've shown themselves just to be scared to the straddle all the time, then that's a different story. So, right. um, so I, I guess where I where I came down on not wanting to limp here is limping doesn't really do anything. I don't think. I mean, it's costing you three more bucks. Um, you've got a hand that's easily dominated. You've got a straddler who probably or has a at least has a chance of raising when after you rate. So right. then then you have to be forced to put more money in or fold and lose that three dollars. Um, and then, of course, as I mentioned, we don't know what's going to happen to those other um, uh, callers if he does raise. So um, so I think uh, folding is the safest move, just get out of this and not worry about it. You've got plenty of hands when you're in position. You don't need to play this one out of position um, with, a again, a, a hand that's easily dominated. Or you raise and take control and just say, hey, I'm sick of your straddle. Uh, I'm going to outplay you. If you want to come back at me, that's great. Or hey, if you want to thin the field, that's great. Um, and then and then play some poker, even though we're out of position. So those would be the two I would recommend. I would recommend folding or raising, depending on how squirrely you feel right now. I agree. But a call just seems way too weak. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, here it says there's only three dollars a call. There's twenty-seven dollars in the pot. Uh, Strato obviously is next to act. He says this is a nice hand to see a flop with, even if we're out of position. While Rays would more than likely fold out three or four of the remaining players, I'm content to just call and see what the other gun player has in mind. Okay. Uh, our villain taps the table, and we're six to a flop with 26 hours in the pot after the aggressive rake and drop accounted for. Flop is the king of clubs, jack of clubs, eight of diamonds, and our first to act. Wow. Got a little lucky with that. Yeah, lucky with that. An interesting way he played it. I mean, so that, see, that's the other thing too. Is if you know the guy isn't going to go crazy on you, there's a lot of things that you can now take extract from that. That the other guys are just limping along too because they know he's not going to race, so they probably have crap hands. So now we're probably very much ahead here. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to say way ahead because Scott doesn't like that. Um, and we, I would be very worried before this flop because I, I, I really, I mean, I usually don't question Vic's play because he's obviously a better player than we are, but I don't know why I'd want to go to a flop six-handed with King Jack. I, I just wouldn't. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we, well, we hit our kicker here, so we're in a good spot here. I mean, obviously, two clubs out there. We got to worry about straights and that. So, I think we need to be pretty aggressive, whether we bet out or or check raise. But um, we, I, I think we got lucky here. So let's let's not screw it up. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about being aggressive. Yeah, we have top two, but. Like you said, clubs. Next card can give you clubs, all kinds of straights. Because all, if if you're limping for five or three or five, whatever it is, because you know that the guy isn't going to raise as the straddler. He's just, you know, being a whatever. Then you know that nine ten is a playable hand, and queen ten is a playable hand, and there's just so many hands that plus any two clubs, any suited ace of club. You know, so the, the next card can be so detrimental to our two pair that I think we really have to not take the chance of letting it check around you know yeah. and and so i think you have to bet here i wouldn't even mind betting pot here oh i was exactly what i was thinking i'm gonna bet pot here um if i can win that 26 bucks that's that's a good day at the office for a bad hand and bad position yeah and you know if we get heads up or something then it's a little bit easier to play but but yeah i'm not taking any chances here i'm gonna if you want to come along you're, you're you're paying max value here to come along yeah uh, all right, uh, Vic says, normally I'd raised about $20 in this spot, uh, but I'm a little cautious with the villain on my left and four tight players who are only here to hit a $500 high hand, so I opt to check. I'm not planning on folding, but a check raise may be in order. 
So let's see what the action is first. So we check the villain bets $12. Three of the four players in the field make the call. Wow. He says that's not surprising. There's now $72 in the pot, and it's back on us. See, now this is this is great. You got all this money in there. Now you can put the hammer down. I mean, if somebody's trying to that, right? yeah, I mean, yeah. if they're trying to hit that royal flush or whatever, you want to make them pay for it, you know, because they hit that five hundred, they're not giving it to you. So, I don't know. I think you got to come alive now. You can't just call. So you got to make it pot again. You know, uh, not again, but in my mind, betting pot now again. So that's a decent amount of money out there. You know, yeah, I I would bet it pot and then just be you know. Happy with it. Why are they just calling? Everybody's calling because they're all drawing. You got to get these guys out. They're all. They all don't have, you know, mediocre hands. You know, they're they're all drawing, or they have a piece of it like you, and someone could even and have I'm, Jack Eight. And I'll say the way this this betting's going, I'm not worried about sets being out there now, which is really the only thing that's got us beat now, right? Right. So, because you got a set here, you, you've got to come alive with this much danger on the board. So, I mean, the villain could have one just because he's been driving the action, but. Um, I'm not scared that the other ones do. So uh, I feel really confident right now. We're we are in charge here, and let's again. You know, uh, all right, it's not the way I would have played it, but we got more money in the pot, so now let's let's shut her down now. I got no problem putting 15 reds out there. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Here it says it uh, seems like a small race from the villain, um, and with the flush and Broadway draws, I can see some of these older players calling to see a turn card. Now it's time to thin the field. All right, good. Now hey. <laughs> I decided to raise $50. I absentmindedly grabbed two $1 chips and a stack of red and moved my hand over the betting line. I dropped the $12 calls and cut out the $50 raise and two stacks of five chips each. I have four more chips in my hand hovering above my bet and realize that I'm committed to make it a $70 raise. So I try to make it as look as natural as possible and put the extra four chips on top of my fifty dollar raise. Well, I think that's a fortunate mistake. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mind that raise. I don't at all. think the fifty was enough. So, uh, he says my slight delay does not go unnoticed by the dealer nor the villain. Uh, villain thinks for a moment, assembles his bet behind the betting line, and slides out one fifty, making it one sixty two to go. The three other players relinquish their twelve dollar calls and fold. It's now eighty dollars on us to call. What's the move? I don't know what calling does for us. I mean, this guy clearly thinks he has us beat, or he's got a really big draw. Like, he's, you know, like, some, but if he had something that was like ace-queen of clubs, I mean, first of all, I don't think this guy's going for the high hand now. Because if he's going for the high hand, he's not going to want to force people out. He won't get the high hand. So, I, I like you said, it, it could be a set. You know, it could be a set of eights because he limped with eights, hit him, did bet I mean, it out. It could be a set. Of, he, he could. He's the one guy that could have a set. So it could have been. He could be on um, kings, jacks, or eights. So we do have to give credit for that. Now it was the other folks I wasn't worried about. But. Yeah. So that's the but one he thing. Also could have lots of other hands too. So we don't know how much this guy has in his stack either. You know, if yeah, that interesting. usually Vic gives us that information. If that so. almost put him all in, and it's oh, all. I'm like, sorry. Um, uh, no, we only know what his brother had. We didn't. We don't know yet. Yep. So yeah. Okay. Sorry. So know. let's just say I don't know how much is left in his stack, but if it's nominal, you know, then why didn't the guy shove? If it's huge and it's us, then maybe we just call here. But I, I don't. I don't <coughs> see what if this guy's doing this with a draw, you know, and we're and we're playing into him now. I don't like that. So I I, I would rather just put the hammer down and say, all right, let's just get it in because I got top two. Unless I really think he has a set. I'm ahead, and he could have some sort of straight flush draw that, you know, queen ten of clubs um, that he's willing to put it all in on, and we have to dodge some bullets, but I don't like I don't like calling here. I just don't. I feel like I'm going to be out of position again on the next street. Then if I call and I put that money in and a scare card comes, now I'm going to be even more hesitant to put more money in, and he's going to represent it. So I feel like I just want to put the hammer down now and say, okay, I got the hand. Do you have the hand? And if he does call, then we'll see what he does. Well, yeah, I'm wondering what a scared card looks like now because I think we both have to think that we have made hands here, right? So now it's possible to have a made hand here with a, a flush redraw or a straight redraw or something, I guess. But um, So, you know, I, I don't know whether any cards coming are going to be scary for us or, or we can use to scare our opponent, right? So... I think we're really in our moment right now where our hands are where our hands are. And so 
I, yeah, I think you're right. It depends how deep we are, but I feel pretty confident right now. And if I get it in, I'm up against a set, then, well, hey, that'll teach me not to uh, limp in with King Jack next time, right? But And if it's a set of eights, we still have outs. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, here it says the villain has left himself just three, just under three hundred behind. All right, mm-hmm. so that kind of ups. So yeah. uh, I think he would have taken his op- his option with any pocket pair. So my top two should be ahead with the low two hundred dollar max buy in. Players like this need the semi love just to accumulate enough chips to play poker. So a flush draw, a straight draw, or some combo draw is certainly in his range. If this is the case, and I jam, I think he'll snap call. We might be flipping. I think I'd like to see a safe turn card first and decide to just call. Hmm. All right. Hmm. $432 in the pot. Uh, he says this has become the largest pot of the evening. The turn is the tray of hearts, making the board king of clubs, jack of clubs, eight of diamonds, tray of hearts. And we are first to back. Well, all right. So he said he wanted to see a safe card and he was going to shove on the. Yeah. Right. Yep. He, so I, I think I don't see any reason not to shove now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly what we were looking for at that point, and let's let's get it in now. So okay, all right. Here it says the uh, the tray is a blank, and I'm not going anywhere. We're getting it one way or the other, but which is best? You know me. I don't I don't want to have to show my hand unless necessary. So let's let our opponent show. So he has to table his hand first. If we're bird, we can. If we're beat, <laughs> if we're bird, if if we're bird, then you're Ernie. Uh, <laughs> if we're beat, we can safely mock. We check. Our opponent shoves his remaining $285. We snap call, and our opponent says, good luck. I ask him if I'm uh, the one he needs, who needs the luck, and he says, maybe not. But before the dealer can act, one of the players pipes up and says, are you going to run it twice? I look at the player and tell him that I don't think you can run it twice at a one-two table. The dealer lets us know that we can run it as many times as we'd like, as long as there's over $1,000 in the pot, which he says there is. Hmm. Neither of us have tabled our cards. Our opponent says it's my call, so how many times do we want to run it? This is a new situation for me, as I assume it would be for most 1-2 players. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I, I feel like we're ahead here, so I don't really want to run it twice. I mean, when you feel like you're not ahead, then that's the, the more you want to run it more times, right? I don't know. I know that uh, whenever we watched high-stakes poker, Phil Helmuth, whenever he was ahead, always wanted insurance. So okay. it's interesting to me. I, I think that you... I don't know. I don't know if that's what you want. If, even if you, I know that like uh, Gambit, when we played together a couple times, I've asked him to run it twice and he didn't want it because he was ahead. So that's interesting. I and that's what you were saying. So um, I don't know. I I, I mean, think I'm not I, completely confident we're ahead. I mean, I did mention those sets out there. So I mean, there there is some concern here. So I mean, maybe some level of insurance but then i think back to blackjack right so you know when the dealer has a card showing and you've got a blackjack and they offer you insurance and everybody's like oh yeah give me the give me the even money well no in long term you're you're losing money you gotta you're gambling you gotta gamble the right way so um when you think you have the best of it and when you have 21 in a blackjack game you have the best of it (laughs) so um, I, yeah, so I don't, I've never run it twice ever. I've never been really in games where we, we do that. So, um, as, as Vic says, it would be a new situation for me. So I haven't done the research on how you're supposed to do it and when you're supposed to do it and how many times. So, uh, I'm not giving the best advice here, but yeah, when you're ahead, I think you're right. So. I think you're right. When you're ahead, then if you do it enough times, you're going to come out ahead. So I think in this case, Vic, if he is confident he's ahead, then he should run it once. And I think that's why Gambit, a lot of times we always show our cards. And we get it all in. We all only turn our cards up. And then he said, you want to run it twice because it's so close. Yeah, that's a different story because yeah. now, now you can do the math and you yeah. can figure out what you need to be, right? Yeah. So. so in this case, if he's confident he's ahead, I wouldn't run it twice. If he's if he's woefully behind, he's on like a straight flush draw kind of thing. And it's like even mo- not woefully behind, you know, even money, or whatever. Maybe you run it twice just to get your money back if you can. But uh, I wouldn't run it twice here. I guess I'd, I'd probably just run it once. Yeah, I'm, I'm like John Candy. I'm Mr. Vegas here, man. So. <laughs> uh, all right, here it says if he's got clubs, it'd, it'd be sick if he hit his flush on the river. So maybe we'd run it two times. But if all he has is a flush draw, maybe running it three times or four times gets me closer to my true equity. I doubt that he's got a set of kings, but if he's got a set of eights, I might need multiple runouts. If for some odd reason he's got a set of jacks, I'm pretty much dead. Then I think back to what he said when he wished me good luck. I'm certainly crushing any other two pair holding. I finally decide the latter. Uh, I finally decide that later is most probable. 
Oh, let me decide the latter. It must be. Sorry. Uh, his most probable until the dealer to run at once. All right. Six of your guns, Vic. I'm with you, buddy. Yeah. The river is the queen of spades. Uh, for a second, I'm worried about the ace, ten, or some strange king, queen. But since we cho- chose to check call the turn, we get to see our opponent's hand first. Our opponent tables the king of hearts, eight of hearts, and we scoop. Nice. Says P.S. Looking back at the betting, uh, there it was thirty-one dollars, uh, thirty-one dollar bet pre-flop, three sixty on the flop, and five seventy on the turn for a total of nine sixty-one with a five-dollar rake and two-hour drop. Reduces the nine fifty four well under the thousand dollar minimum to run it twice. If we ran it twice and it came queen of spades and eight of spades, could I have called the floor once I realized that half the pot was less than five hundred and be awarded the entire pot due to dealer error? Let's <laughs> say you, Elliot. Nope, sorry. Again, that's the accepted action. So you accepted it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, all the more reason not to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow, very interesting. And it's first time to ever come up on the show running it twice and wondering yeah. what the dilemma was. So. All right, we'll have to address that again at a future date. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the tables. Anti-Up is a production of antiupmagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com. Or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.